Ladies and gentlemen of Lafayette. The Hammered Down Show with Jared Jesolitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited! He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette Sports. The cream of the crop! Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go to that voodoo that you do so well. A lot of stuff to uh, get you up to date here with the Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. All right, let's start with, uh, we'll go to baseball here. Cubs with a W last night. Yan Gomes with an eighth inning RBI single gets the game winner. Six to four, the final. Gomes with two for four on the day with two RBIs. Uh, James tie-in. remember we were talking no hitter going, I believe, in the fifth, right? And then he blew it in the fifth. It was five and two-thirds. Six Ks, four earned runs for him. I mean, they racked up, the, the pitching staff racked up 12 Ks. Pretty darn good. So they get the W. Here's the bad news, though. Brewers pull off the sweep with the Twins. It's five straight for them against division-leading teams. You were hoping to make up some ground here, specifically because you were, you know, winning series against good teams. Or bad teams, I should say, for the Cubs. But, uh, you know, the Brewers are supposed to be playing much better teams. Brewers have been getting it done, though. So they remain three and a half back in the division. They're going to have San Diego tonight, the uh, Brew Crew. And then they're going to come down to Wrigley for three on starting on Monday. Meanwhile, the Cubs out in Pittsburgh tonight for four games. They've yet to lose to Pittsburgh. Justin Steele's on the mound. Steele 1-1-2 one, one, all time. With a 4.08 ERA. Lifetime against the Buccos, 19 strikeouts in 17 innings. And basically all four of those strikeouts come from the two when he's been in PNC Park. So he's played very well in PNC. Meanwhile, the White Sox blew a one-run lead in the ninth, trailed, tied it up, and then won in the tenth as they end Seattle's winning streak, the final 5-4. to four. Tim Anderson scores on a throwing error to walk it off for the White Sox. He was 2-for-5 with an RBI. Kopech, four innings, five Ks, four walks, and a hit. God, he walks a lot of guys. Uh, A's on the south side tonight. A-10 with Waldachuk on the mound for the Athletics, taking on Schlotens. Uh, Waldachuk hasn't recorded a win since July the 5th. It's not all him, though. Since July the 5th, when he had that win, the A's have lost nine out of his ten starts. And in those 10 starts, he has given up two or less runs in five games. And he even had a shutout in there, and they still lost. So it's not all on him. Don't let that number be misleading. Purdue Soccer's back at it tonight. They are 1-1. One one. They host the Valparaiso Beacons. Remember, they changed their mascot. The Beacons. 7 p.m., Folk Field tonight. Admissions free. Mental Health Awareness Night. 
and a petting station from Natalie's Second Chance Shelter, you know, to help with your, uh, with your mentals, man. Gotta take care of those mentals. Tomorrow, Purdue Volleyball, it starts to count, right? They are going to be in Holloway Gymnasium. And they're going to host the uh, Purdue Reamer Extra Special Premier. 7 p.m. they'll take on Duke, although there is some action uh, before that. At 4 p.m. with Creighton and Loyola. And then they'll play Creighton on Saturday, which is ranked 18th in the country. And they'll wrap it up on Sunday against Loyola. Adam Shank, core championship. You know he qualified for this. Uh, he's paired with Colin Morikawa, and those two guys have the two best rounds on the course so far today. Morikawa six under uh, on today. Shank four under. That has him in ninth, actually. Morikawa's up to third. Remember, they do this weighted system here where, uh, you know, the top of the list, they got themselves extra, you know, strokes off. So, like, Scheffler started out, what, like 10 under. He's at 12 under right now. But Adam Shank threw 14 now. It's four birdies, no bogeys. He's on the par 3, 15 right now. Uh, 16 and 17 are par 4s, and then 18 is a par 5. So we'll be keeping an eye out on him. Look at him go, man. You love to see it. Plenty of big names still out there on the course who haven't really gone through much. Scheffler and Hovland uh, are just through five. They sit one, two here, 12 under and eight under. But, you know, Adam back there at five under to qualify where he did in the 20s and already be up to fifth is pretty darn good. So we'll see what happens. We'll keep an eye on it. Best of luck, buddy. We'd love to see it. Uh, last preseason NFL games going on this weekend. They do start tonight with the Steelers at Atlanta. Colts are at Philadelphia. That game is on Prime Video, but I believe uh, if you get the Indianapolis CBS stations, they do carry that. I'm not 100% sure that WLFI carries it. I- I'm not 100% sure. Perhaps, I think, I don't know for sure. Now, they had to shut down the joint practices earlier this week because too many fights between those two teams. We'll see what happens tonight. Uh, We did learn today that the Bills will start their starters on Saturday against the Bears in their final game. Uh, Sean McDermott says he doesn't have an exact amount of time uh, that they'll be in the game. And there you go. That is today's need-to-know news. That's what we got for you here. Trying to find some consistent guys tonight uh, to uh, make some money here. Baseball is going on. Uh, I have not done a ton of due diligence On NFL preseason tonight, you would think this is going to be a lot of uh, the backups. Steelers are a four and a half point favorite. Sounds like Kenny Pickett is going to get some time in there. Maybe I need to go with them. They're 2 0 in the preseason and covers in both games. They're solid at quarterback all the way through. Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph. 
It's like all those guys have got some experience, although uh, I am reminded that my Steelers have Tanner Morgan now. Not a big fan. Good for the Big Ten guy, but... You know, Anthony Richards is going to get some run tonight, right? Colts might be a first-half bet tonight. They're a four-and-a-half-point favorite against the Eagles. First half, minus two-and-a-half Colts. Might be leaning on that there. Now, as for baseball tonight, um, there's afternoon baseball going on right now, which I absolutely hate because it never works. It, it always ends up being something wacky. I'm staying away. Cubs and Pittsburgh tonight. We do not have a declared starter for the Pirates, but Justin Steele is 14-3. and three. The Cubs season is going. The Pirates season is, well... Everybody's going to be watching the Steeler game in Pittsburgh, so nobody is going to show up for that one. Um, Look, the Pirates have not been, as of late, too much terrible. But they're 0 for 6 against Chicago. And in those games, they have yet to cover the run line. Pirates have won three of their last five. They took two out of three against St. Louis. Meanwhile, the Cubs have won four of their last five. But, I I mean, I think we're not overthinking this game. Like, this is the way to go tonight. You're only at, like, minus 150 on the Cubs, which isn't too darn bad. I'm surprised it's 3 o'clock. We're four hours from first pitch, and we don't have a, a Pirates pitcher yet. Uh, I'll take the Cubs. Uh, I think once you get another pitcher in there, uh, those numbers might get worse. So, yeah, I I, I think that's what we're doing there. Uh, As for the White Sox tonight, oh, gosh. I want to say that they can be good here and and win against the Athletics who just do not put up runs. But at minus 140, I don't feel as good about that. It's not like the White Sox are rolling out somebody like Dylan Cease. Schultz has been not fantastic. I really want to take the White Sox, but at the price that you're asking me to take them at, I just I can't do it. You're putting a one and six pitcher out there who just came off uh, wait, giving up five runs, three runs, two. I mean, he's slowly gotten more figured out. He only made it three innings in the last start. I know it's at Colorado, that ball carries, but come on, man. If I'm looking for a dog tonight, I'm definitely going to Oakland. That's the play. Look, very few far and in-between places where you can find some value tonight just because half the slate is already going on. And most teams are already traveling, too, so... I mean, that's the way that I would go this evening. Uh, Marcus Simeon on the hits, runs, and RBIs tonight. Hitting two straight, seven of his last 11. See, this is how thin we're getting here on the consistency. So that's why I say, eh, maybe I just take the Cubs tonight. We 
keep it easy, and we just move on. And you probably should take the run line. I don't understand why you shouldn't take the run line here. Again, 6-0 and against the Pirates. Here's the scores. 11-3, to 10-6, 7-2, 8-0, 4-0, 8-3. Not only are they covering the run line, but, I mean, they're absolutely, it's not close. Not close at all. So I think I'm on the Cubs tonight. We just keep it simple. We don't overthink this thing. Take the run line. Maybe we laddered a little bit here. We'll see what happens. Maybe we can make a little bit extra if we just move that line just just a bit here tonight. All right, don't you go anywhere. Hang tight. We come back here. Coach Brian Nay, Central Catholic Knights, going to be our guest next. Stick around for that. It's the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer. One. Welcome back. It's the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. We're over to our Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, week one in the books for high school football. The Central Catholic Knights are 1-0. and Thanks to a 35-8 to victory over Seager. Coach Brian Nade joins us right now. Coach, congratulations on the uh, week one success here. You guys score in every quarter in this one here. Defense doesn't give up anything until the fourth quarter. Um, it's just uh, It seems like it's a pretty decent start in the right direction for the season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, opening kickoff return, fumbling it, giving it back to him, losing the possession, uh, immediately had our antennas up. But Coach Breifogel's, uh, Coach Breifogel's side of the ball, and all, the defense played lights out. Absolutely fantastic football. Um, you know, a couple guys, Jackson Kane, Albert Schwartz, Bryn Robbins, Ray Clayton, and, and uh, Charlie Seaver getting in there. Uh, with Nick Page going down and, and making his first start and playing playing really well, um, the 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 energy and the passion, and purpose, uh, it, it it pops out on film with those guys, and uh, it was really good to see. Uh, we feel like this is the strongest defense we've probably had since our staff has gotten gotten here. I don't want to speak too soon, uh, but they really seem to be clicking right now. Offensively, in the first half, stalling out a few times on on fourth down in in plus territory was not uh, ideal, but I feel like uh, second half we were able to, to establish a rhythm and uh, kind of let Bobby be Bobby. And, you know, he – I mean, how many times in a high school football game does, you know, do you see a quarterback, you know, distributing the football to nine different guys? I mean, yeah. it's, it was – we had nine different guys catch a pass. Mason Meister was absolutely electric out of the backfield. Uh, he went 15 for 105, so around a seven-yard uh, seven yards a clip. Uh, people are probably wondering why we don't run the ball on every down uh, watching him play, but uh, you know that's, that's that's just kind of a part of it. And we're really excited. Uh, big week this week. You know we're go, we're traveling down to uh, 3A number two Garen Catholic for a big rivalry game uh, for the Bishops Cannon. Uh, they're always well coached, and uh, you know there's we talked about it last week. There's no uh, you know there's there throughout our entire schedule. There's really no. Uh, no trap games, so to speak. Uh, everyone's going to be quality. Everyone's going to be well coached. Um, and we're looking forward to the challenge on Friday. Yeah, Coach, when I looked at the box score here, too, to try to you know, get a glimpse of everything on Sunday, I was a little taken back. You know, you mentioned uh, Mason uh, Meister and you know, 15 carries for the 105. You had one other one other player get a carry, and that was Jackson Kane for, for 
two yards. Uh, I'm used to seeing multiple. I think we talked about all the receiving targets, but I'm also used to seeing you know multiples out of the backfield here uh, as well. Um, that was a little bit of a shocker to me, but that just shows the confidence. And you, you, you called him electric earlier. I mean, only a sophomore, but uh, that's a heck of a performance with his couple of touchdowns as well. And something that I don't traditionally see out of Central Catholic. I usually see a lot of different guys making the runs out of the backfield, but you know, Mason seems to have a uh, real uh, stranglehold on that right now. Yeah, I mean, he's locked it in, and there's, there's really no denying uh, his talent. There's really no denying uh, his potential. He showed, he showed us a lot. We talked about him uh, at the end of the year last year mm-hmm. you know, as, as, as a player to watch. And, uh, you know, he followed that. He followed last season up his freshman season. Um, obviously, learning under Baylor Smith, who was a three-year starter, you know, he, he, was a th- he started his sophomore year through his senior year. And Mason's looking to do that same exact thing. So, had a great mentor in Baylor. And then uh, he's really taken it upon himself to, uh, you know, to, to really – uh, you know, hone in on his craft. He works with uh, he works with Danny Anthrop on the side as well. So who who, who else? Who, you know, who better to uh, to teach you how to play running back than Danny Anthrop? Yeah, <laughs> he'll teach you how to play a lot of positions. Hey, he'll teach you how to play with a torn uh, ligament in his wrist and still win a state championship. That's how darn good Danny Anthrop is. Uh, but right. yeah, you know, work if you're going to work on it, you work with the best. That's for sure. Uh, so let's go ahead. Look, I, I know it's not the easiest thing to do to nitpick. Uh, maybe you don't want to nitpick too much in week one, but uh, you know, thirty-five to eight too. I'm sure there's some things that you saw out there that you didn't like. Were, were there, what were some of those things that uh, you go back and you watch the film and say, ah, "We got to get better in this aspect of the game." We gave up a big play defensively. We have a really one big play. I was happy to see when they were when they uh, were threatening in plus territory in the first half. I was happy to see us turn them over. Uh, inside their own red zone. That was huge. Uh, we had an interception from Jackson Kane. You know, he's doing a heck of a job with his, uh, his two way, his two way duty. He's a inside linebacker and a, you know, and a, and a receiver for us. So defensively, like I said, defensively, I felt like they played lights out. Um, offensively, I, I felt like we could have done a better job of, of staying on schedule in first and second down and not getting into such predictable third and, and at times fourth downs as well. Um, you know, Bobby was very efficient. You know, sixty-two percent. We'd like to see that. We'd like to see him pushing seventy. Um, you know, uh, I, I'll take. You know, I, I take one hundred percent responsibility on. Uh, you know, I felt like maybe we got a little too too aggressive at times. We want to attack, but uh, you know, we we went downfield early a lot. You know, not a lot, but at times where we probably could have we probably could have been just just as well uh, in the in the intermediate to quick passing game. And just continue to, to to develop rhythm and and, and move the chains. Special, I thought special teams was was relatively clean. We had uh, you know we had a, a few things on uh, you know our PAT field goal unit um, that that we need to get ironed out. Obviously, a fumble on the opening kickoff return is is not ideal, uh, but the rest of the special teams uh, were were solid. Um, you know, we're just looking to improve this 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 time of the year. We're we're happy with the start. Uh, but like I said, uh, Friday's Friday's no walk in the park. Talking with Coach Brian Day here on our Hammerhead Hotline as the uh, CC Knights get ready to head on down to battle for the Bishops Cannon against uh, Garen Catholic. Uh, Garen, one of those uh, top-ranked teams in 3A. It seemed like McCutcheon last week gave them uh, just about all they could handle, only an eight-point victory over McCutcheon. Have you had a chance to take a look at any uh, film for this season on Garen in the in the Golden Eagles and what stands out to you? What concerns you the most going into the matchup? 
Oh, they're solid. They're well coached. You know, Coach Coach Dilly's a, a, a veteran head coach. Uh, you know, he's he's twenty five, probably twenty five plus years in, and and ha- always has them prepared. I was not surprised, uh, but after watching the film, just knowing who Josh Strasser is, uh, and just. I had I have nothing but confidence in, in, in his abilities when he took the McCutcheon job to get that thing turned around extremely quickly, and it looks like it looks like he he, he has. Um, so I, I'm not shocked by that. I think you know I think McCutcheon is, is much improved. I still think I still think the world of Garen and, and think we're gonna have to we're gonna have to go down there and play close to perfect football. Uh, you know to, to come out you know to come out on the on the good side Friday. It's one of those things, it's a common thing that I hear a lot, uh, you know, both from you know, Pat Shanley, Terry Peebles are great guys that, that bring this up. You know, those first two games uh, can be so critical because um, you, you talk about a conference season, but um, and you want to win those conference championships. Those are the important things. Uh, talk about, in your mind, you know, scheduling those first two games of the season before you start to, you know, get into what the Hoosier Conference is. Uh, how do you view those two games, and why are they so important to you guys? Well, it really, uh, it can really help you. Uh, obviously, it can help you start off uh, with with a lot of confidence, or you know, it can it can have you second guessing yourself. Uh, what what I like about it is, you know, uh, ske- you know, especially scheduling two very quality opponents uh, in the first two weeks is you're going to find out what you need to work on and. Uh, Either you're gonna find out whatever you need to work on, or what you need to try to hide um, pretty quickly. And uh, I, th- I think I think that can pay dividends when it's all said and done. It gives you, I mean, it gives you an opportunity. Uh, you know, any you know anybody who knows, you know, any, anybody who understands, you know, who understands the setup of, of Indiana high school football and looks at, you know, our situation. You know, I, I think you know, for for us to for us to to, to come out the gate. And be able to. We haven't. I mean, let's go back to 2019. We started the year off one and three, won a state, won a state title. You know, mm-hmm. we, it's been tough. It's been tough to get going for us. And you know, I'll, I'll take responsibility for that. And and that it's a point of starting has been a point of emphasis for us, especially this year, is is getting out the gate fast and and, and being ready to go. Uh, you know, from from Jump Street. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just I I think with the way we're set up, uh, you know. Having spent time in Florida and, and and going through the playoff system where you got to make the playoffs, you know, being in Indiana where everybody makes it, why not? You know, why not? Uh, you know, why not try to put together, try to assemble the best schedule you possibly can so you are as battle tested as, as possible going into the going into the tournament. There are countless examples of uh, of teams making making a late run, you know, making a, a state run or a semi state run. Going into the tournament with a losing record, you know it, it happens, and it's not, it's not. Un, I don't feel like it's that uncommon. So, you know, you know, I know, uh, you know, I know Shane talks about it all the time. You know, we got nine practice games before the real season starts, and uh, you know, as, as a competitor, I know, you know, I know you want to, you want to, you want to go out and you want to play your best ball every week. Um, but you know, I, I, I just don't, I, I don't feel like you're going to be as prepared. If you were to set your schedule up, you know, in a in a way that doesn't test you as much as you probably need to be tested, if you want to make a semi-state state type run, so uh, we're you know, we're fully invested, and that's that's kind of across the board in all athletics. If you look at uh, you know, look at basketball and baseball, they don't shy away from anybody either. You know, basketball is going to play 
they're going to play Jeff. They're going to play Harrison. Um, you know, they're going to go. Uh, they're going to go down to Indian play and baseball. Baseball plays Carmel, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, school a school with four four thousand more kids than we have, and and um, you know that, that's kind of that's kind of been built into our culture is is respect all, fear none, and uh, you know show up and go compete and let the chips fall where they may. Coach Brian Nay, again, they're battling for the Bishop's Cannon on the road this week at Garing Catholic, trying to move to 2-0. Coach, hey, it's always a pleasure talking with you, and uh, best of luck and bring the Cannon home this week. Absolutely. I appreciate everything you do for Indiana High School football. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 101.7 The Hammer and 101.7thehammer.com. We're over to our Hammerhead hotline. And I got Coach Josh Strausser on with us here, uh, head coach of the McCutcheon Mavericks. Coming up just a little short here in week one, 18 to 10 against a very good, highly rated Garen Catholic team, uh, but still it would seem to be a solid performance, much better than last year's 45 to 21 outing uh, that they had. Coach, hey, welcome back. Um, hey, t- tough opponent week one. We talked about it last week that the uh, first couple of weeks were not going to be easy. At least the first three out of four weeks were certainly not going to be easy for you guys, but. You know, it's it's a one-score game at the end of the day to uh, one of the best teams in, in 3A. What did you learn about your team in week one? Well, we learned that the expectation is there. Um, our guys were very disappointed after the game. I know our, our coaching staff was. Um, so, you know, any time that disappointment is higher, that tells you that the expectations are raising, and, and that's ultimately what we want because – the higher the expectations, the harder the kids are going to work, and the better the chance that you can win against those good teams. So, you know, we, we know the expectation level is raising right now, and, um, you know, we just got to work on those little things that, that keep us from getting over the hump. Um, you know, we, we cut it three points going into halftime. Um, you know, it's, um, or I'm sorry, five, five points, uh, one score game going into half, and, uh, you know, our defense really, you know, they, they kept us in the ball game, um, them and Owen Smith's legs. Um, so, um, you know, we we got to lean on those things in order to fix the others right now. Uh, still, you know, it seems like defensively not not terrible <clears throat> here. I want to get over to offense, though. You know, you, you had one of the rarities in the county where you're bringing back your quarterback with uh, a couple of years' experience, too. Uh, as the starter here, uh, that should be the bedrock for your offense. Uh, how do you feel that your uh, senior quarterback performed for you? Uh, I know we talked a lot about the running backs here, but I still think it starts and stops at the quarterback position. Uh, evaluate Owen Smith for us. Yeah, I thought Owen Owen played a great game for us. Um, you know, you look in the box score though, and uh, his percentage was not great um, because he didn't have a lot of help. Um, we had a lot of drop balls. Um, we had to we had to punt on some short yarded situations. Um, so that's the thing that we've got to be able to help a guy like that out. He's, he's going to leave it all on the field for us. He's going to help us get those W's, but, uh, we got to be able to help him out when he's throwing tight ropes in there. We got to be able to make those plays so we can convert first downs. A familiar foe, obviously, for you is uh, West Lafayette. You guys will travel across the Wabash, a game that you're hearing on 1017 The Hammer with the kickoff at 730. Um, it's a West Lafayette team that they struggled to put points on the board last week, uh, dealing with a new quarterback. But, you know, obviously uh, both those Kitchell boys are fantastic, especially when they can connect with each other. Um, this is always a tough task for you on defense because you have to try to replicate that speed uh, that they 
traditionally have on offense in terms of you know where they snap the ball in the play clock here. So uh, when you watch West Lafayette on tape here, what stands out about their offense to you? Well, I think a lot of you know a lot of teams get caught up into trying to replicate the the speed, and um, that that's an important thing of what they're trying to do. But most importantly, it's about di- playing disciplined football, and um, you know, and that's where the speed catches you, uh, catch you out of alignment, and uh, get you caught in doing things that you shouldn't be doing, and then that's where they're really good on you know on their offensive side is you know they're really disciplined um they've got a system in place and uh you know they'll make you pay if you're not staying disciplined so you know i i think the kitchell kitchell boy both of them realistically you know they're they're hard-working kids they're gonna they're gonna study a defense um you know the nice arm that can throw the ball down the field um so you know you're there's gonna be growth there um, you know, he he didn't get to play that position last year, so every week he's going to continue to get better, and I just hope it's not this week against us. <laughs> uh, ain't, ain't that the truth? It, it's been it's been a while since uh, you know this program has beaten West Lafayette go all the way back to 2016 and a double OT thriller uh, for them to do this. I, I I feel like this is a great first off. This is a great non-conference game. We've been talking um, the last couple of weeks with. You know, all five coaches in the area, the importance that you only get really those two non-conference games you need to challenge yourself because that's how you get better. Garen's obviously a great way to do that, uh, but West Lafayette here as well. There's also those little kind of, you know, city bragging rights here too to do this. Uh, I think if you're going, you know, you're worried about them getting better, but at the same time, if you want this program to take a step forward, this would be a tremendous step to go, on, not just, you know, win, but go on the road and win this Friday against West Lafayette. Yeah, we. I mean, we we need a confidence game, um, and beating a, a solid program uh, would be a great confidence game for us. And and you know, we we've been pushing about playing four quarters. You know, we we got it to eight points within two minutes of the the game last week, and that was a step for us. Um, and now it's time to take the next step. And you know, competing with a team like West Lafayette for four quarters, you know, I, I really believe that that's the next step for us, and that's. That's what we're pushing for. I think they got a great defense over there, Coach. I know that it falls apart there in the fourth quarter, uh, and they give up a couple of uh, big plays uh, to uh, Harrison uh, through the air, but still a, a pretty stout defense. You and I were just uh, talking about our admiration for guys like Benny Speaker, who were uh, so good there in the uh, back end. They, they've got so much speed. You know, the way they run that stack defense, you can run on that for a little bit, um, I, this seems like that could work out in your guys' favor. Talk a little bit about your rushing attack versus you know what they present, the, the problems they present for you defensively on the ground. Well, I think Westside does a really nice job. You know, they're very versatile. Um, they make really nice adjustments. You know, especially at halftime. You know, even just going back and looking last year, seeing the adjustments they made against us at, at halftime. You know, we were able to get. Owen Smith out of the pocket a little bit first half, and then second half they kind of took that away. So, they're, you know, they're experienced staff. Um, you know, they, they've been there. They've won championships. They know what it takes. So, um, you know, you're not going to get anything past them. You, you're just going to have to outplay them, and you're going to have to win the sticks. And, and that's what we have to do um, with our offense is we've got to get first downs. And something we struggled with last week, uh, we've got to get first downs, and we, we've got to be able to – you know, flip the field and get the ball into that territory so we can get closer to the red zone. 
Coach Josh Ross from McCutcheon Mavericks. It's West Lafayette Friday night, 7.30 with a kickoff on 101.7 The Hammer. And then uh, next week they'll take a trip out to Muncie Central as uh, they continue to look for that first win on the season. Seems like good things are coming. This program continues to trend in the right direction. It's all thanks to our guest right here, Coach Josh Strasser on the Hammerhead Hotline. Coach, hey, it's uh, much appreciated as always. Very excited for two city schools to go at it here yet again on Football Friday night, and best of luck to you. Thanks, Aaron. Looking forward to com. Uh, two great high school coaches right there, Coach Brian A., Coach Josh Strasser, making for a good show. I'll tell you what, um, yeah, I, I'm excited for the Mavericks. I, I had a chance, and you'll hear you know Shane Fry tomorrow for the West Side Red Devils. I tell them this too, like when it comes to our five area schools, Harrison, West Lafayette, Jeff, Central Catholic, um, and, and McCutcheon. And look, I, I understand we reach out to other places too, you know, signal gets out towards Benton Central, you know, Delphi and, and, and stuff, especially the FM, we, we, we get out there a little bit better. But, you know, the five that we tend to cover traditionally uh, I, I did not go to high school around here, so I, I don't have any allegiances. I don't have any kids uh, in the high schools. I'm just thankful to have like five really great coaches right now that really care about their kids and their programs. And I want to see everybody succeed. It, it, it's painful for me. As, as much as I like it, it's great for the community. It's painful for me to watch those games where it's like Harrison and West Lafayette, Jeff and McCutcheon, like those those. Two city schools going at it because I can't root for anybody. I want to see kids succeed. And, you know, much like, you know, Jeff and McCutcheon both went those, uh, Jeff went through the big uh, losing streak for a long time, right? McCutcheon had the issues for a while there too. Harrison was just trying to get into a, a 500 there when I started out this stuff, you know, 15 some odd seasons ago. I don't like to see it. But with Coach Strasser there, and, and I had to, a full warning here to, Coach Fry, who knows what kind of guy that he'll tell you, you know, there's a lot of crossover connections here uh, with the staffs and everything, too. Um, I, I want to see this McCutcheon program get back to winning and being competitive. It's great for everybody here. Even if you're a Raiders fan, I think it's great. It makes that rivalry better for the sword. It makes you better as a team getting prepared for sectionals. It just... It's great. So I'm very much rooting for them. I will be neutral for this game on Friday. I promise you that. But I would be lying deep down inside. I did not want to see this you know, McCutcheon team finally get a breakthrough someplace. If it happens this week, it happens this week. If it happens next week, you know, it is what it is. But I don't, I don't play favorites. I talk to all five of those guys. They're tremendously generous. Uh, with their time, with the information, they don't have to talk to me. They don't have to give me the information that they do. So that's why I try not to play favorites. But look, if they can go out there and be good against West Lafayette, and I expect West Lafayette to be better this week. I think you're in for another lower scoring game. I don't. I don't know that McCutch is gonna. You, you'll. Heard Coach Strasser talking about the drops on third down and stuff. I don't know if they're going to shoot themselves in the foot as much this game. So it's going to be very, very interesting. Now, the Mavericks get through, you know, we'll see what happens Friday night at West Lafayette at 730.
They should be the favorite next week against Muncie Central. Harrison will be tough for them. But I believe, you know, Logansport, yes. Kokomo will be a challenge. We'll see where Jeff's at September the 29th. Tech is not a challenge. Marion is not a challenge. I said this here before, Garen. That I thought there's four games on there you felt really good about. They needed to, to just get up there and surprise somebody. And they nearly did it to Garen. So you wonder if they can do that to West Lafayette. I would love for them to do it against Kokomo. That'd be fantastic. But I think the sword game is going to be interesting. Very interesting. I think the game against Jeff is going to be very interesting. But I would like to see that breakthrough after, you know, mainly because I, I love Josh Strasser. Great guy. Ken Frahiger was a great guy as well. Always loved talking football with Ken Frahiger. But, you know, the last few seasons, and you go through COVID, and they dealt with a lot of injuries on top of that, it was, you know, it was a struggle. And I, I would like to see them get back to where they were able to, you know, compete in those sectional games. like to see them get back to winning a title. When's the last time that McCutcheon won a sectional title? I'd love to see that for Josh and that team. They played in some finals, but they haven't won one since 99. So, I I root for the underdogs. I do. I want to see them succeed. Uh, And if they can break through against West Lafayette this Friday, that would be absolutely huge for them, their confidence, and uh, what they're doing going forward. All right, let's uh, talk about a few things we may have missed. I do want to circle back real quick. Adam Shank has moved himself. He's in fifth right now. He's got three birdies on the front nine, three birdies on the back nine. He's in the middle of the par 5 18th right now. Six under for the day. Morikawa, his playing partner, is eight under for the day. That's the best score on the course right now. Adam has the second best. Adam finishes this hole at par. He's tied for fifth overall. It's where he sits right now. But if you can move up one more, that would tie him with Hovland or Hovland and Rom who are at the turn right now, granted. But you could be looking at Adam, who, what did he start? They had, they brought 30, didn't he, like 23rd, 22nd, 23rd, something like that, to end day one with that kind of a jump. It would be absolutely huge. Because, you know, first between him and, uh, and Scotty Scheffler, in first place, just to start out the day, he starts out what? Um, nine strokes back? So, I mean, if he can come up here and, and close that gap by, you know, down to five, which is what it's at now, and granted, Scheffler still, you know, has the back nine to play. But if you made up a few strokes on the leader like that, darn impressive after day one. I'm not telling he's going to go out there and win the tour championship, but if this guy places top 10, that's something. That's darn good. He finishes with a 63, seven under 63 today as he birdies 18. 
That's the second best here, depending on Morikawa still got to come in. He's got an eagle today on six. Uh, if he pars this, Morikawa will have the low round of the day and sit in second. But right now, Adam Shank sits in third with plenty of folks still out there. But the fact that you're already up there uh, speaks volumes about the former Purdue golfer. Best of luck to him. Uh, look at that. i got to wrap it up here. Uh, i got to get out of here. But, hey, uh, don't forget Purdue soccer tonight, 7 o'clock, full field, free to attend. They're going to be taking on Valparaiso. By the way, they're the Beacons now. Don't forget that. Uh, so that'll be interesting. I'll be on the PA. Hopefully I see you out there tonight. If not, I'll see you back here tomorrow. Week 2 of high school football. We'll get you prepared back here on the Hammer Down Show.